I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus tonight is describing, in black and white, the two religions of this world. I know you know that, or you think that there are many religions, there's many different faiths, and of course that's true to some degree, but Jesus today describes, in the most general terms, the difference between the one, that's the true faith, and all the rest. The faith in Christ is a faith that is dependent upon Jesus for mercy. And it's a faith that is lived out in love for one another, showing mercy towards one another. It's not about justice, at least not in the earthly sense. It's not about law-keeping. It's not about doing the right things to make God happy with you. It's not about doing the right things so your neighbor is happy with you. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So all the other religions of the world, in one way or another, are not about mercy, but are about sacrifice. Now, I know we don't think in terms of sacrifice, not in the, the old way. We don't see our neighbors out sacrificing bulls and goats and performing all sorts of ritual acts. Although, I grew up on a farm and we had sheep and there were uh, Muslims in town who wanted to have, for their high days, a properly butchered lamb, according to their rites and rituals, and so they would make sacrifice of the lamb out behind the barn. But generally speaking, we don't experience that kind of animal or other kinds of ritualistic sacrifice. But all the other religions of the world, outside of faith in Christ, demand sacrifice. Maybe not the blood of bulls and goats, which, by the way, God doesn't even really desire, but rather other sorts of sacrifice. The age-old stewardship sermon, no doubt you've heard many a time, that God desires a sacrifice of your money and your time and your, what was the other? Talents, right? That God desires your sacrifices. Now, that's not what was intended by those sermons, but that's often how they were understood. As I, when I go to church, I expect to find out that here's what they need from me. Here's the sacrifices I need to make in order to be a full and active participant in the congregation. And then Jesus says, no, I desire mercy. To show you mercy that is to forgive you your sins where you've gone astray of God's holy word, and that then you would live a life of forgiveness, mercy towards one another. That's a quite a different picture, I think, of what most people think of religion. Not of sacrifices made for self-improvement or to appease an angry God, but rather a life lived in mercy. Mercy for one another, setting aside what they've said or done, putting aside your anger and forgiving, not coveting what is theirs, but rather helping them to preserve and protect what they've received, helping them with their marriage, 
and with the rest of their life, that they would live a life that is lived not simply to its fullest, but rather in the fullness of the righteousness of Christ, live according to God's commands, which is the picture of who God would have us be. Again, a life lived in mercy, not sacrifice. Our collect for today, I don't know if it got it quite right. Some of these collects are quite old. Uh, the Festival of St. Matthew is, I think, from the 7th or 8th century, so it's been around a long time. You'll note what the emphasis of the collect was. It said, through Matthew's faithful and inspired witness, grant that we may also follow you. Good so far. Leaving behind all covetous desires and love of riches. So there is a temptation with the collect to think that's what it means to follow Christ, right? Is to lay aside what you covet, ninth and 10th commandment, right? And love of riches, also ninth and 10th, maybe even seventh commandment. To be a faithful Christian is to give away everything and take care of the poor. If it's done in mercy and out of love for Christ and for them, sure. But if it's done, again, to appease a God who you think will be angry with you if you don't do it, not so fast. So it was that uh, Matthew was a tax collector. And Matthew did not live in mercy. He lived rather quite uncharitably. He did not show mercy to his kinsmen, his fellow people, but rather, on behalf of Rome, collected not just their taxes, but as tax collectors were notorious to do, no doubt you've heard, a little bit something extra on the top for themselves. We meet many tax collectors in the Bible, Matthew being one of the most notorious, the other being the wee little man, right, Zacchaeus. It actually was a legal form of extortion. Uh, legal in the Roman scheme, but not according to God's law. Violating the seventh commandment. Again, stealing. Rather than helping your neighbor preserve their possessions and income, collecting what is owed to Caesar, certainly, but no more. Extorting them, taking from them what wasn't yours to take. So the problem with Matthew isn't that he was wealthy. The problem with Matthew isn't that he coveted what wasn't his necessarily or that he loved riches. The problem with Matthew is that he didn't show mercy. He didn't love his neighbor as he loved himself. And so that's what Jesus is about. When he comes to Matthew as he's sitting at his tax booth and says, follow me. Yes, Matthew will set aside his love for riches and his covetous desires as the collect prayed. But Matthew's life will be more than just simply setting aside his particular vices or the things that separate him from Jesus. But rather, Matthew's following Jesus is about living in Jesus, with Jesus, in his mercy. So day in and day out, Matthew will have the opportunity, and no doubt took advantage of it, to tell Jesus who he was, the struggles that he felt internally, to confess his sins to Jesus so that Jesus would show him mercy, forgive him, 
every day. Matthew wasn't called to follow Jesus in order to earn his way, to prove to Jesus how much he loved him. Matthew was called to Jesus to receive from Jesus mercy. That's not a life of sacrifice. There were sacrifices, no doubt, setting aside his family and others. But the reason why Jesus calls Matthew is to bring Matthew into faith in him, to receive from him mercy each and every day. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So it's probably not too much to suppose that when then we hear that Jesus reclined at table at the house, that there were many tax collectors and sinners that had come and reclined with Jesus there too. How had those other tax collectors found out about Jesus? Probably through Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, as Jesus had called him in mercy, now Matthew shows mercy to his fellow tax collectors, not simply destroying um, their way of being by, oh, I don't know, calling them out and saying, now I'm better than you, but rather he sympathizes with them because he knows their sin, he himself having been a tax collector. And he calls them in the way that Jesus called him to come and listen and to receive from Jesus. Again, not to sacrifice. The sacrifices would come. They would take up their cross, but rather first to receive mercy from Jesus. So it is that, yes, they leave behind covetous desires and love of riches, like Matthew, and like we're called to as well, Ninth Commandment, Tenth Commandment, Seventh Commandment, of course. But we can't do that. We even said as much in the confession this evening. We said, well, the words escape me now, so I'll just look it up. <laughs> he said that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. We can't flee covetous desires and love of riches only as Jesus comes and beckons us to follow him and there to receive from him mercy. That's not just for us. It's not just for tax collectors. But as he says, it's for all sinners, all those who are living an open and open rebellious life to what God has commanded. He calls. He's not ashamed of you, even if you're ashamed of yourself. Because he comes with mercy. He comes to forgive. He comes to shower that mercy on you richly and daily in the church, in the forgiveness of sins, in the reminding of your baptism, where he washed those sins away, and of course this evening in the body and blood that he gives you to strengthen your faith in him for the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. And that does change us. The change will come, but it comes first from who Jesus is and what he calls us to do, that is to follow him and to receive mercy. And having received his mercy, like Matthew, we will have mercy on one another to set aside one another's sin, to look the other way, to build up one another's reputation, to protect one another's marriage, to help and support our neighbor in every physical and spiritual need. 
to show them mercy, not because they deserve it any more than we do, but because that's who Jesus is for us. May God grant his Holy Spirit to us that we too would show mercy in the way that he has shown mercy to us. In Jesus' name, amen.